Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the 34th episode of Toaster Talk on the Toast Network. It's been a crazy year so far, but this weekend's racing has probably left a lot of people underwhelmed. But we'll try to see the bright spots from this weekend after RB rallied through or pushed through a 1-2 yet again, the fifth race that they have won this season of the five races that have happened this season. But we have our panelists on today, Sunny and Naren. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing very well. Although admittedly the race uh, this time, of course, was a bit late for us. So we couldn't watch the race live, but of course the highlights were good enough and here and there. And how about you, Naren? Better time zone for you at uh, least. Yes, um, I was able to at least watch the complete race. And uh, yeah, it was a good race. It was not something that I expected, but a very good race. We can discuss it as we go on. Yep, I mean, while the race was straight through, some of the highlights are there were no yellow flags, there were no red flags. All drivers, no, I mean, none of the drivers retired, except the last two were lapped down. Everyone actually finished the race. So pretty clean from that perspective, but quick highlights from both of you on what you felt about this racing weekend. We can start with you, Sunny, and then... I would say, can I maybe Narayan, you could go first because you saw the full race, whereas I couldn't. Okay. Um, I would say it was a predictable top three. Uh, but what I really liked was uh, the fierce midfield battle. Uh, and if you see yesterday's race, was a complete mix. It was a proper shuffle. Many people were going up the ladder, some people were going down. The same people who went up the ladder also went down a little. So it was a proper mix between in the middle, in the midfield. And then uh, the last ten, the last five places, it was more or less under the same radar of who was and who was not. But uh, then I had my own inhibitions on why some things did not happen the way it should be. But yeah, it was a pretty eventful race and yeah, I liked it. I mean, one thing to highlight before the race start was the qualifying itself was pretty much a mixed bag. You had Hamilton who didn't make it to Q3. You had, uh, you know, Max Verstappen who screwed up the first run. So he didn't get any time on the board. And then when he went out for the second one, Charles Leclerc crashed out which meant he didn't get anything on the board and he was ninth. Obviously, the results say a different story, but that just highlights his journey from ninth to first effortlessly. I mean, like seriously, effortlessly how he managed to go up there. But I think the qualifying was a mixed bag and that showed us some of the shuffling that uh, Narin speaking about throughout the race. Sunny, and interestingly, okay, interestingly, yeah. K-Mag was P4. Yeah, even he was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sunny, your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, so just, just to pick up on, uh, your, on your thoughts on how Verstappen effortlessly uh, sliced through the field. If you remember, post the qualifying session, Alonso was asked, uh, by when do you expect Verstappen to be uh, on your rear tail? Uh, on your rear wing 
Right? It's not a question of if, it's a question of by when, right? And interestingly, and Alonso has been asked this question before, and uh, he is known for giving very accurate uh, predictions. So, so much so that it almost looks like Fernando Alonso has got this kind of crystal ball soothsayer kind of aura about him. <laughs> but, you know, jokes apart. So uh, Alonso predicted lap 25 is when Alonso, uh, Verstappen will be uh, just behind or even ahead. <laughs> and it turned out that he was, Verstappen was ahead of Alonso by the uh, lap 15, I believe it was. Yeah, he, he said lap 15 and he, at the end of lap 14, he went and overtook him. Okay, okay, yeah. So, Actually, he said lap uh, just goes to show that... Uh, but, uh, go on, go on. It was lap 14 or 15, yes. Yeah. So, uh, but one interesting thing about the, the qualifying session was, as you said, there was a, it was quite a mixed up grid this time. And because of that, I think we got uh, interesting rates. Of course, I only saw the highlights. So maybe that makes it, um, makes it look like it's more interesting. But uh, if a grid like that can't produce an exciting race, then I don't know what's going to produce an exciting race. Well, I'd say the prior races did. And I think whatever said and done, uh, red flags tend to, or even yellow flags or safety cars for that aspect, bring in a change in strategy because they add in an unknown variable which teams then have to play out to, which does tend to get a lot more excitement in. What we aren't seeing this time is at least for your first two places, they're just blowing apart all opposition that's out of their way. RB's really figured out the car this time and they're able to push. And I think the only excitement we're seeing there is RB1 fighting with RB2. We know which side the constructor is supporting, which seemed to be the case even in this race. But I think what's more exciting is in the constructors at the second place, we've got Aston Martin. All thanks mm -hmm. to Alonso. Yes, Stroll's been adding the points too, but Alonso's been a consistent podium finisher at number three this season. And that's putting in a lot of points for Aston Martin to be at second place, followed by Mercedes at third. And Ferrari is somehow hanging around at fourth right now. Sunny, I know you wanted to say chime in over there. Um, so we know the pecking order after the Red Bull racing team. Uh, it, we don't really know who's the second best team at the moment, but uh, I'd like to focus on the best team right now, which is Red Bull racing. And we, uh, we're looking forward to this RB1 versus RB2 challenge for the rest of the season. However, after seeing today's race, I think Sergio Perez will be very, very disappointed. Uh, he was on pole position. Verstappen was a ninth. And Verstappen still won quite comfortably. I think this is going to be a big dent to Sergio Perez's, Checo's confidence as well. Uh, yes, of course, professional racing drivers. Who am, who am I to say? I mean, this is uh, Checo that we're talking about. So who am I to talk about Checo's um, uh, driving ability or driving confidence? But uh, having after being given such a big handicap, I think it's going to definitely be a worry for concern uh, for, for Checo. And I think uh, going forward, I think without any issues for Max Verstappen, these things will be very difficult for Checo to beat. If you remember, um, I think we discussed this even in the last podcast, it's only been four races. And yes, Checo has won two races, but in both of those races, Verstappen had some issue or the other. At least in Jeddah, there was a big issue. Azerbaijan, okay. 
pair as well, one at pair square. But uh, it, the four aces is too small a sample size to to deduce anything. And I, we can't be talking about a season-long title challenge after just four aces. And I think this, this race in Miami has really highlighted that point. Yep. No, but I, uh, based on what's happened so far, while it's a small sample set, and hopefully what the next race is in Italy, and we're hoping the other cars are have planned upgrades, hopefully that will shake up and bring in some competition that we haven't seen so far. But Naren, from your perspective, what does the rest of the season look like? Or what are the things you are looking forward to for the rest of the season? Uh, I would like to just add on to what Sunny has been already saying. If you see the last four races, uh, it started with Max, Checo, Max, Checo. It has been an alternate. I see 2020 Mercedes vibes where it was a constant battle between Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas for the top two, and they were they were in a league of their own in 2020. And that's something that I see what will probably go the next races to come. Uh, what actually interested me uh, is because uh, is uh, that uh, after the race has completed. During the post-match uh, uh, conference, the uh, post-race conference, uh, sorry, we are all in the IPL uh, thing. So during the post-race um, conference, I think Jensen Button was the one who was interviewing all the the winners, and when he asked Checo, "How do you feel after losing this uh, podium to, uh, or the first place to Max?" He did not actually sound sound uh, frustrated or pressurized. He just said, we just gave our best and we, I, in my perspective, will continue to race as I do. This actually shows the, that uh, Perez has taken off some of the pressure of him by trying to compete against uh, Max. Even if you see in the race uh, around lap 28, when Max was around one second behind and he was inching closer uh, to the DRS zone, Usually, Checo, the race driver he is, tries to defend whoever, even if it is Max. That's what we have seen him do. But today, in the yesterday's race, he did not defend. He let Max go through. That shows that uh, uh, if there is a serious issue with Max, then Checo will probably be on the top. But I think he's happy with the way he is in P2 in the Drivers' Championship. And uh, second thing is that um, I would like to also see the matured Hamilton try to... He's not pushing aggressively these days. I want to see him push aggressively and go through, pass through like how he did uh, in Brazil last time. Even though he had an engine problem, he went and he won the race. I think that's something that I also would be expecting. So, yeah, these are my expectations. Hamilton to drive through. and. Uh, Checo to just be his own. I mean, on Hamilton, yes. on today's race, my point I wanted to bring up was the change of guard. They actually asked Hammy to let Russell through. I mean, Hammy did say, let him get through. I'm not going to stop for him. But Russell did go by and he didn't really stop him. And what are your thoughts on that? With Russell being more, getting higher finishes this season, is Mercedes sort of now pivoting towards investing more on his success 
while Hammy seems to be figuring his way back to that championship mindset that you're talking about. And I'm open to either one of you whoever wants to take the first stab at this. Hey, can I go ahead? Go ahead. Okay. So, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. um, if you see the, the yesterday's race, I think uh, in the mid of the race, in turn 11, is when most of the overtakes of Max Verstappen was happening. I think that is the end of the one of the DRS zones. And he was overtaking almost everybody. In the same DRS zone, I was expecting Hamilton to do the same. But uh, what he was doing is at the end of at, at the start of the braking zone, instead of uh, braking ahead, usually they break at 50 meters or even 40 meters. He was still braking behind uh, uh, the one who was braking, and he was always letting him through. He was doing that for almost three four laps, and behind Kevin Magnussen, he was doing the same. Even though he was just four tenths uh, behind uh, K Mag, he was still not passing through K Mag. I was thinking whether he will probably, that's what I was saying. I wanted to see more of the aggressive Hamilton he was in the past days. I was, I was for, uh, for a moment questioning why is he not uh, you know, you know, overtaking, going for the gaps, uh, so to say. Then uh, this is something that's still a question for me. I don't know the answer. It probably in the next places we'll see. This uh, this actually chimes the bell with the question that you have asked: Is Hamilton taking a step back? Is Russell given the chance? I would say no. They are given still an equal chance, but for some reason, Russell, Hamilton is taking a step back, which probably we'll see in the next few races. But in my perspective, both the race drivers are given equal chance, and Russell takes more out of the same opportunity. I mean, I have a thought on it, but before I get to that, Sunny, anything from your perspective? So, um, with regards to the machinery and the car setup, I think, yes, Mercedes, in fact, is known um, famously for their policy, giving both their drivers equal machinery and equal opportunity. So, I don't think they're favoring any of their drivers. The equipment. However, um, this is going to be a little difficult to explain because the... Um, I think George Russell has got an aura, an aura of the lead driver. And I don't have any evidence to back this. I don't have any, uh, apart from, of course, the, the results of Russell Hamilton in, the, uh, in last year's standings. And even this year, is out-qualifying Hamilton quite regularly. So in terms of overall aura and even personality, even if you remember the press conference in Australia where they qualified second and third, Russell was on second, Hamilton was on third. Russell was the boss of that conference. The, over, um, the overall vibe that Russell is giving versus the overall vibe that um, Hamilton is giving us. It's a night and day difference. So although I, there's, no, um, there's no evidence from my side, there's no data, but just looking at the body language, looking at the aura and looking at the vibe of both of the drivers during the, the, the media interactions and the, the overall body language of the car as well, how they're driving the car, how they're speaking, it does look like Russell is becoming the boss out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's obviously making the most of the opportunity. I also feel that Hamilton having won seven times, for him, it's either win or nothing. Sorry, one point. 
one point, a very important point I forgot to mention, Hamilton's contract has not been renewed yet. And there are discussions of Hamilton calling it quits at the end of the season. And it does look like that is probably going to happen because now Mercedes are expecting an upgrade in Imola, but of course, all the other teams will be upgrading as well. So how much are they really going to upgrade? I don't think that it's going to be that much. There's no, there are no miracles in Formula 1. Could this be Hamilton's last season? If Mercedes can't produce a competitive car and there's no other place to go, I think the chances are good. Yeah, no, that, that basically boils down to what I said. For him, it's win or nothing. Like second, third, fourth doesn't mean yeah. anything to him. So from his perspective, he's basically probably experimenting more with the car to see if they can get that winning combination, which means he's okay with coming sixth, seventh right now. But as long as he can experiment more to get that winning formula, because Mr. Dependable George Russell is happy coming in fourth and scoring you know, points in that range because he's building his reputation for Hamilton. It's like, if I'm not world champion, then what am I wasting my time for? So that could be another point. And it goes back to your point that if they can't get that winning card this year, then he's probably just going to call it quits and try something else. Because speaking of which, he's, by the way, an executive producer for a Hollywood movie called Apex, starring Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt's been practicing in an F2 car, which will then be technologically superimposed with an F1 car for the movie. And he might actually be driving down Silverstone for actual clippings for that movie. So Hamilton's clearly already figured out his alternate career. Yeah, I think this was coming on the news as well, that uh, Brad Pitt will be going around. Also, there was also one news, if I remember it right, that um, it's obviously a rumor currently, which Charles will replace Hamilton if Hamilton quits this year. That actually be a good move for Charles. Uh, that, that's still nothing is concrete, but then this is what I've been hearing a lot uh, in the news recently. I mean, Charles deserves it today. I mean, today's race, he was competing with Haas and he could barely keep up. That's a sad part aside. But he is one of the, I mean, Magnuson so From I the highlights I saw, that. it was not a case of. Yeah, it wasn't a case of Charles unable to get past Magnuson in the Haas. I think it was a case of Magnuson driving very smartly from the highlights that I observed. I think Magnuson was really smart, you know, uh, deploying the energy at the right, at the strategic time, uh, allowing us, allowing Charles to pass um, at, a, at a zone where he would benefit from the, the next DR zone that is immediately afterwards. So that was very smart from, uh, from, from Magnuson, actually. Yeah, no, but those were the key points where Charles had a chance and Magnuson defended well. But at the end of the Charles has a much better car and there were a lot more opportunities where he could have quick, just gone through, which didn't happen. And I think from a highlights perspective, it just captured those key moments where K-Mag did a great job. But honestly, with the car that Charles has, I would have thought he would have blasted past much earlier. I think the same is the case with uh, Hamilton also. Uh, with the uh, If you compare uh, Haas, Ferrari and Mercedes on the same scale, uh, Haas is probably on the other side of the scale where Mercedes is on the heavier scale. There was an easier chance for both Charles and Hamilton to pass through Mag, 
but uh, for some reason they didn't do uh, like uh, yeah that's what it is before i call it a wrap and i know the season is also going to take a break before we hit the may 29th weekend for italy and everything moves to europe while everyone's been highlighting that this has been a boring season so far an interesting stat that i did notice was apart from the two newbies of sergeant and devry within five races all other 18 drivers have got at least a point which just shows how close it is that everyone's got an opportunity to score points and hopefully as we get through the season this might be one of those seasons where we might see all the drivers with a point because honestly devry has got points before so it's not that lack of confidence in that space and sergeant's probably the only newbie here but he's got a lot of talent so i wouldn't be surprised with williams having got points already with the other car they could potentially once he gets his feet into the groove into the car he might also end up getting that point so that's one stat i'd be looking forward to till to see towards the end of the season if all the drivers get themselves a point uh, probably sergeant would should do some trick like alex albon of driving in the same set of tires and probably he will get a point that's a strategy that uh, only alex can do uh, from what i have seen and uh, also if you see today yesterday's race uh, max was even managing his tires really well for for a set of hards that should have been changed at around 30 he was extending i think close to 45th lap and only then he changed to his mediums which uh, which also proves that he's been looking after his tire management skills well but yeah for what i was saying is that uh, if sergeant has an act of driving the same set of tires he will probably get a point even in imola or he might just become a wet race specialist that always gives chances for everyone yes true any final thoughts from your perspective sunny before we wrap up um no but like the only thing i can say is this was clearly the max verstappen show it, um, he was the driver of the day as well started on ninth just he provided all the um overtakes all the exciting overtakes had the fastest car the car was the star of the show for sure red bull is definitely the rb19 class apart but he had to overtake perez who started on pole which he did quite convincingly it's very clear that uh, there was only one driver today to watch totally agree with that uh, we come to the end of the show today and we're going to take a break before we hit the next uh, race end of the month but once again uh, thanks to our panelists uh, sunny and narain for sharing your thoughts on this race which was at the oddest hour for our indian audiences but people still managed to catch up to at the race or through the highlights and if you have your thoughts comments put it up in the comment section let us know what you want us to talk about hopefully this was an interesting post match uh, or post race analysis to get you a groove of what's happening on the racing circuit and what's lined up outside it with that thank you everyone and wishing everyone a good evening